This is Novel Marketing. I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr. I'm James L. Rubart. And this is the show for novelists who hate marketing but still want to become best-selling authors. So in this episode, we're going to talk to you about SMART goals. So obviously, Thomas, we have to ask the question for those of us who don't know, what is a SMART goal? Well, there's this great story that illustrates uh, SMART goals. And it's actually from Through the Looking Glass and what Alice saw there. So oh, classic. Alice, is just escaped this building that she was stuck in because she was too big and then she was too small and she ends up destroying the building and everyone wants her dead. So she starts running away and she comes up to this Cheshire cat and she's like, where should I go? And the Cheshire cat's like, well, where do you want to go? And she's like, I don't know. And then he's like, well, any road will get you there. Get you there <laughs> so yeah. she's like, but, but I need to know where to go. And, it's, and, it's, and many times authors come to us at Author Media and they're kind of like Alice coming up to the Cheshire cat. They know they want to go somewhere but they don't really know where they want to go. And so one of our first steps with helping them with their website and one of the first steps for you with your marketing is to figure out where you want to go and kind of get that defined very clearly. And so SMART goals are a tool that we use. It's a common business tool. And one of my goals is to take this really useful business tool and put it to work uh, for authors. So SMART's an acronym, and it stands for Specific, Measurable, Ambitious, Relevant, and Time-Based. So these are different elements that make for a good goal. So uh, let's talk about specific. We see a lot uh, of times someone will come to us with a goal for their website, and they're like, I want my website to encourage people who are dealing with loss. (laughs) So it's like, well, you know, that's an admirable desire. Right. It's it's a nice feeling. (laughs) Right. But it's just that. It's just a feeling. So one of the things that's important about a goal is you need to know if you've accomplished it or not. You know, so if it's not specific, how do you know if, you know, this is kind of like the carrot on a stick, which is not a good goal because humans are smarter than donkeys. And after a while, they're like, I'm not getting any closer to this carrot. So we give up, we get burnt out. Right. And so a good goal helps you stay motivated when the going gets tough. So at the beginning, it's all rainbows and butterflies and the path is really easy. And you're like, man, this is going to be awesome. And then, you know, down the journey, the you know hero, hero's journey, you know, applies to real life. You know, right, storms right. start to come and obstacles start to come and there's an antagonist. And so a good goal kind of helps keep you motivated. So a better goal would be, I want to receive five emails from grieving widows telling me how the website encouraged them. Well, and that illustrates the point that a with SMART goals, the first one specific, it is very specific. And the more specific you make it, the better. That helps when you know, like Thomas said, exactly, I want five people to, then you know you've reached your goal. Right. I, a great man once said, I think his name was Jim James Rubard. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you need to know what your champagne uh, popping moment is. Yes, you know, yes. The, cl- the 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 moment you know that you've reached success, that's the moment you pop the champagne. Um, what is that? What is that specific moment? So the second uh, letter is M for measurable. Oh. So it needs to be specific, but it also needs to be measurable. And what's important here is that you need to be able to keep score. Am I in line with my goals? Am I falling behind? Am I getting ahead? And this is really useful also for figuring out what's working and what's not. So you try some things and you're no closer to your goal than you were before. So you try some other things. So here's some examples. 100 unique visitors to your website per month by December. So that's measurable. You can go to Google Analytics. You can take a look. Have I gotten to those numbers? Or I want $10,000 $10,000 worth of book sales sales in the next calendar year, something like that. So halfway through the year, let's say your goal is 
just to make the math easy. So you're halfway through the year and you've sold $7,000 worth of books. Well, you know, I'm $1,000 ahead of my goal. So it allows you to measure and keep score, which can then, again, help you accomplish that goal. Uh, the next is for, is A is for ambitious. So there's, there's a tension here between the next one. We have ambitious and we have realistic. So how do you have something that's both ambitious and realistic? Well, to do that, you need to have a good sense of where you are right now. So if I'm currently gaining 50 new subscribers to my email list every month, then, you know, setting a goal to gain another 50 next month isn't that ambitious. You know, that's kind of the default. You know, I get that for free or if I just keep up with the status quo. So you want to stretch yourself. Now, some gurus will tell you you need big, hairy, audacious goals. And uh, the problem with that is that it can be a little overwhelming if you pick something too audacious. Well, and it depends on your personality. There are some people out there that can do the big, hairy, audacious goals, and that works for them. That's a motivator for them. And, and you'll know as you set your goals whether that's you or not. Because if you set something and after a few weeks you're just going, oh, there's no way. I'm going to give up. Or, and, and honestly, a lot of times you know as you're setting that goal whether it's too much. Right. Don't do that for yourself. You've probably heard this before, but the best goal is one of those goals that's just out of reach. It's going to make you work really hard to get there, but it's not going to break you right. in the process. So this is ambitious, not impossible. Yes. <laughs> so, and, and by impossible, I don't mean like completely impossible like I want to walk to the moon but like impossible like I want to be on the New York Times bestseller list in the next three weeks you know probably not going to get there so you want to be realistic but also kind of push yourself so speaking of realistic that's the R (laughs) so you need to know where you are and you need to kind of know what your capacity is and another important uh, thing to bring in to account here when we're talking about realistic goals is things are going to go bad you know, someone's going to get sick or a car's going to break down or a tree is going to randomly <laughs> fall through your house. Can uh, that happen? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, or, or someone's going to get married. You know, it doesn't have to just be bad things. It could be, you know, let's say you have a daughter and she decides to get married. And so and suddenly, instead of working on your book, you're planning this wedding and it's very exciting, but you're not, you know, moving forward with progress. And so you don't know what unexpected thing is going to happen. But I can tell you something unexpected is going yes, to happen. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the one thing for sure. Myths of life. Radical change will stop happening right, to right. you. It's like we're going to have a normal year. And it's like you turn on CNN. It's like nothing interesting happens today. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not going to happen. So just because you don't know what's going to happen, you know something's going to happen. So that doesn't mean you can't plan. But, you know, think about it when you're planning to drive somewhere. So a lot of you have experience setting SMART goals. You're like, I need to get to this specific place, and I need to get there by this measurable time. So I need to get to the concert by 6 o'clock because it starts at 6.05, and it's an hour away, which means I need to leave at 4.45, right? You give yourself an extra 15 minutes, typically. If you're the kind of person who waits until the last minute to leave, you're probably the kind of person who's always late getting places (laughs) because, yeah, theoretically it takes an hour to get there, but the longer the drive is, the more unexpected things are going to happen. Maybe there's traffic. Maybe you got you got to go to the bathroom. Maybe you need to get more gas. You know, there's a lot, or you get lost, or you know, Google you know betrays you. <laughs> the map is wrong, and so you want to build some buffer in. And so part of being realistic with your goal setting is building in a buffer. So, you know, maybe set a goal if your goal is to blog every week. You know, maybe take that down to blogging 50 times a year. So give yourself a couple weeks off. So now, again, this is measurable. So let's say it's April and you've already taken your two, two weeks off. Well, you're in <laughs> trouble, you know, because now you got to hit it for, uh, for the rest of the year. I had an uh, old sales manager when I was selling radio. He said, goals are set in concrete, plans are set in sand. Mm. And I like that because Thomas's analogy of getting somewhere, well, the, sorry, the bridge is closed. 
oh, okay, I'm going to have to take a different route. And I plug that into my smartphone. I'm going somewhere different. This is, it happens to me when I'm writing a book. I write out how many words I have to do a day. Well, sometimes life happens like a tree falls on your house <laughs> and you're not writing. You're, you, you, it, it takes out your ability to write. Well, then I go to my Excel spreadsheet and I do this. And okay, you're going to have to word, write a thousand words more per day than you planned on. Right. The goal stays the same. The way to get there can change. Exactly. There's a saying in the military that no plan survives contact with the enemy. <laughs> so it's like we still have a goal of winning the war and yes. you know, a, subsequent, a sub- subsequent goal of you know, winning the battle. But it means adapting on the ground. So it may be that you know, good things happen that you weren't expecting or bad things happen you weren't expecting. But you need to be uh, adaptable. So the next element, the final element of a SMART goal is time-based. So there's this off-quoted cliché. And we're not opposed to quoting cliches on <laughs> when they're show. true, right? Yeah, <laughs> we'll say that they're cliches ahead of time. <laughs> and that is that a goal without a deadline is just a dream. Yep. So you've got to put a date on it. And we find this to be incredibly motivating when we're working with authors on their marketing because one of the most important things with marketing your book is to get started now. <laughs> so a lot of authors will put off their website and put off their website trying to get it perfect. When and and. What the result is is that maybe two or three months go by when they had no website. So they have a website that maybe because they were tweaking all these things is two or three percent better than it would have been. But now they're three months behind, and they could have tweaked it the whole time. Because the reality is, you can hopefully you can change your own website and be constantly iterating and experimenting and making it better. Uh, one of the quotes I've always loved and tried to live by is, "The smallest of actions." is better than the grandest of intentions. And we intend to do the website. We intend to finally get around to it. We intend to finally write that article that might get us some marketing exposure, and we never do it. Yeah, that's really good. So we talked about setting SMART goals. And so my question for you is what kind of SMART goals can you set for your marketing? So look at where you are. Be realistic with where things are today and kind of think about where you want to go in the future. Now, I have one final tool when it comes to goals to help you, and that's the difference between process goals and outcome goals. So process goals can be incredibly helpful, excuse me, outcome goals, which is what we've been talking about up to this point, are very helpful for knowing what that campaign popping, champagne, can't talk, champagne (laughs) Champagne popping moment is. The problem is, is that they don't necessarily help you get there. So let's say you have a goal, I want to lose five pounds. Well, you can be failing to reach that goal and you don't know why. So a good process goal would be, I want to work out twice a week. And so now you've moved something that may or may not fully be in your control, losing five pounds, and you've changed it to something that is fully in your control. You can work out twice a week. And so now with a process goal attached to an outcome goal, you can see if your processes are giving you the outcomes that you want. There's an old business adage that your system, your business is perfectly designed to give you the outcome you're getting right now. So it's like if you don't know if you don't like what's happening, you know, change change the process. So, um, some of the, some of the benefits of outcome goals is you know they give you clear direction and they give you that you know pop champagne popping moment moment. They're a good motivator, but you know you're not in full control. And that lack of feeling in control can really debilitate you as an author if you're not careful, um, because you don't want to feel like a kind of pawn of fate with your book. If that's how you feel, your book's never going to get <laughs> right. finished because there are a lot of obstacles that you're just going to have to press through. So it helps you uh, you know, accomplish your goals. So benefits of process goals, again, you have full control, which is really freeing. When you realize I am responsible for all of the problems in my life, <laughs> 
and I have the ability to do something about those problems. That that sense of ownership over the results in your life is, is a very powerful thing. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't outside factors. It doesn't mean that other people don't affect our lives. It doesn't mean that there isn't, you know, fate or God. You know, I, I believe God has an effect on our life, but I also believe that we have an effect on our life. It's not, we're not just pawns of fate. We're not, you know, pre-programmed. It's not a watch. You know? <laughs> right. Um, because I've made a lot of mistakes, and I'm very confident that those mistakes have ruined or damaged parts of my life. You know, it's not like I can point and blame someone else. You know, that was, that was my bad. So, um, Having so having this kind of control of your life, it's invigorating, it's empowering, and it also helps you measure to see what's working and what's not, like we said before. But they're not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so my recommendation is to have an outcome goal, or maybe it's two or three, and then create some process goals to help you get there. So I'm, you know, I want to be published by January 2015. Let's say that's your goal. Well, set a process goal of writing 1,500 words every day do the math, figure out how many times. So if if I write 1,500 words every day, I'll have my manuscript finished by June, and that'll give me six months to edit it, and you can kind of plan all of this ahead of time. And I know some of you are, you know, cringing because you hate planning, but trust me, a little bit of planning goes a long way. (laughs) Even for seat of the pantsers like me, planning (laughs) is is not a bad word. I am a spontaneous person, and yet I understand uh, the value of a plan. So I'll give you one example, and then we'll, we'll cut. So let's say I have an outcome goal of getting 500 more blog subscribers by May. That's your outcome. Well, here are some process goals that you could use to help you get there. Post two new blog posts each week. Uh, This is the first one. Second one, promote the new blog post on social media. And finally, write one guest post each month. So those are things that you have full control over. Guest posts perhaps less much, less so. But the other thing, you can control if you write two blog posts, you know, that might mean waking up early. It might mean watching less TV, but ultimately that's in your power. And if you control the process, you can influence the outcome. I like it. I like it. Okay, thank you for listening to this episode of the Novel Marketing Podcast brought to you this week by Author Media, where I would encourage you to go and check out their uh, current website packages because they've added more. Uh, So there's more whistles, more bells, and actually they're cheaper than they were before. So it's a great time if you want to take your website to the next level. Just go to authormedia.com. Thank you for listening to Novel Marketing, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing online, offline, and everywhere in between.